Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris, and on this episode, we're talking about Lady in Waiting. Originally broadcast on December 15th, 1971, written by Stephen Bochco and Barney Slater, directed by Norman Lloyd, and starring Susan Clark, Richard Anderson, the unsettling sight of Leslie Nielsen playing a straight role, which is weird because that's literally the majority of his career. Yeah, yeah, Why is that, R.J.? I don't White's know, so but it's weird. He doesn't have a little uh, toot machine. I don't know. Bye. And, of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And, as always, we're joined this episode by guests. Actually, this time, guests, writers Daniel Kibblesmith and Jennifer Wright. But before we bring them on, John, what are those? Well, Regis, uh, this is the heartwarming story of a shy, retiring, timid wallflower of a girl who awakens to her own empowerment, blossoming into a confident, beautiful woman. And all she had to do to accomplish this was murder Oscar Goldman. <laughs> yes, Webster's mom kills Jamie Summers' boss in what I feel <laughs> is like a really troubling excoriation of feminism, I think, maybe? We'll talk about that. But can Columbo extinguish the burning bra of this mystery? Or will he merely continue to shuttle the killer's increasingly emasculated fiancé to every Gatsbyan bar and burger joint in Los Angeles like some sort of cut-rate Huel Hauser? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, John. My pleasure. Uh, Daniel and Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you very much for having us. We're uh, well excited. Great. Well, thank you. I, I thank you for uh, wanting to do this. Uh, one thing I want to get out of the way. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Daniel, you... Uh, as I understand, you are employed uh, by uh, one of those late-night television uh, programs, right? Yes, I'm definitely on one of them. Okay. Now, I don't <laughs> I don't want to name names. Throws it down. Sure. I don't, I don't want to name names. In trouble. Well, no, not, not that, but I don't want to name names. But uh, in the past, uh, we had a guest on who also was an employee of a late-night television program. And he came on, and it turns out... He hated Columbo. <gasps> How could anyone hated Columbo with a passion? And and one, I just want to assure our audience, our listeners, that is not the case with you and Jennifer. No. Not at all, no. no. And no. two, I don't want to imply to our listenership that that should maybe kind of influence uh, what late night television programs they should be watching. Not to do, uh, like uh, indicate any endorsement by said late night television programs. I'm just going to say, uh, leave that out there. But I just right. want to get that out of the way. No, of course, of course. And in oh, no yeah. way do I pass aggressive, uh, passive-aggressively concur on the point that you're no, not. No, of course not. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes. They're all, they're all fine programs, except they're, for They're Fallon. all fine. They have to be on at the same time. You do have to pick one. But yeah, it's you really, want to go it's... with the ones uh, that people enjoy Columbo on staff. You just want to, you know, the quality folks. But I'm just going to say. Maybe they're more trustworthy. Y- exactly, yes. Not criminals. Anyway, um... And, uh, uh, Jennifer, you just had a book come out very recently, as we're recording this in uh, mid-November. It's uh, It ended badly. 13 of the worst breakups in history. I did. It came out two weeks ago. And I am probably going to say that the breakup that likely happened after the closing credits of this episode would not have been out of uh, out of place in that book. Because it, it was probably unpleasant. So let's... Let's get to it. Who wants to talk about whatever weird stuff in this episode first? Because it was a strange <laughs> one. I mean, I, 
I just want to start off by saying that I think Columbo's in favor of the feminist movement. I think I, yeah. everybody else seems to hate the fact that this woman is, you know, becoming empowered and getting a cool haircut and buying a car. And That is a really good hairstyle she it's got, a really great, Oh, no, it is a very flattering haircut. Much more flattering than what she had in, uh, in um, Webster. Uh, Webster, yes. Yeah. Far more flattering. The only show we know. Yes. Columbus is the only one who says, I think her brother getting killed was the best thing that ever happened to her. Yes. Right, which is a, a, yeah, an amazing sentiment. Oh and he knows it, too. He's such a, he's such a, uh, a humanist that he's like, I, re- I really hate to say this. I hate to put it this way. It's an ugly thought. But I think yeah. that her brother getting killed. This is a great transformation for her. Because, because her, her family, um, uh, we're speaking of uh, Susan Clark playing uh, Beth Chadwick. Did a real number on her, yeah. Over yeah. the years, it's it's almost like it, you can't you can't have expected her not to murder a brother or two, <laughs> or somebody, anybody, somebody. That constant harassment, haranguing, and disapproval from her mother, from Mrs. Rittenhouse, I believe. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mrs. Never Mrs. forgave Thornhill her for hi- too. Never forgave her for hiring the three Stooges to do the plumbing. Uh, <laughs> Deep, deep one percenters, but uh, a horrible, horrible mother who admittedly does strike her child, which is. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, a, that's a heck of a that's, thing. Which she, that's the first not thing, even the worst thing she does. But I mean, that's still pretty shocking. So yeah, so she kills her brother because her brother's getting in the way of uh, her being with um, uh, Lisa Nielsen, and her mother finds out about it, comes to their giant mansion. And the first where thing the brother she... and sister live together. Yes, mm-hmm. also yes. strange. And the first thing she does is she slaps her daughter. It's yeah. just ugh. you you kind of don't expect that. It's it's a very violent, strange, blunt thing to have happen. And yeah, it is. Yeah. And she totally takes it too. She's got yes. that steely eyed. Are you finished? Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Are you done? Think... Isn't it just so weird that her brother is trying to break up the romance of this clearly very attractive woman with (laughs) Leslie Nielsen? Because Leslie Nielsen would never want to go out with this toad. Like, oh no, perfectly attractive. She looks completely lovely and normal. But he tells her her only her only problem is that she dresses like Laura Ingalls Wilder. (laughs) Exactly. At first, yeah, she was like a Victorian (laughs) nightgown to bed. Well, the thing is, my favorite thing is that at the beginning she eats like a box of chocolates while wearing her Victorian (laughs) nightgown in bed, and then after her transformation is complete, she's in this super sexy, cool nightgown while drinking. Scotch. Yeah. Uh, just like you're you know right now. It's great. I just, I just realized what I really want from this episode is I want a paper doll book just covering <laughs> all of her clothes from this episode. So you can restage her transformation from like timid would be murderous to successful murderous to lunatic. <laughs> whatever whatever she was when she was dressed like a purple smurf near the end of the show. <gasps> I, I a just strawberry shortcake hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go to the uh, the clothing store that she uh, drags Lisa Nielsen to that has a pool table and a bar. Oh yeah, that poor <laughs> yeah. that poor boyfriend dragged to this this uh 1970s upscale clothing store that really appears to be more hotel lounge for yeah. men yes. than it is a, a dress store catering to women. I hate to say this. I've I've been to one of those when I was a child. What really? Oh, yeah. Those are we, real. What we, was it? What was it? We we lived in San Francisco. I or we lived in San Jose. I think we drove out to San Francisco 
or um, uh, Monterey or some fairly fancy locale on the coast. And my mom did some clothing shopping and my dad uh, hung out with me in the bar. Which was it, not – in this episode, it's like a full bar. It was just like a little uh, uh, entertaining company bar, the one we were in. But, oh. yeah, he had, he had a couple drinks while he, well, he waited for mom to finish shopping. Jeez. That's yeah. nice. No, this struck me as the most – like all of, all of Columbo is just these uh, glimpses into the lives of aristocrats that may or may not have reflected the reality of wealth in the 70s. Right. But the establishing shot of that scene, I believe, is the pool table. Yeah. And then they pull out and say, like, hey, surprise, clothing store. Right. <laughs> it's like a place that, that normal people never get to know about or see. It's, it's like that the weird uh, uh, the one episode of Seinfeld uh, where it was the, uh, the, the crazy club for models that George is in briefly. And it turns out like, oh, no, actually, then they switch it to a, a meat like a meat shop or oh, a meat warehouse or something <laughs> where like, that's what that kind of store. Like if you, as soon as a normal person finds out that that clothing store exists, Oh no, it's like a novelty goods warehouse. <laughs> all of a it's sudden. just a newspaper blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of like move it from warehouse to warehouse every couple of weeks. And we also, yeah, uh, no in, that, in that scene, we took special note of the sort of the glamorous background action. And there's like a there's an old man in the background going into a dressing room with two very young women. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's great. Because you can see her, uh, you know, as she becomes as she becomes liberated, her uh, descent into debauchery. <laughs> well, her descent into debauchery was just running a board meeting in what seemed to be a very competent way. That's right. Every well, I don't know about the competent way thing. It seems like. I, I kind of I thought when I when when I thought I was, when when she started kind of like uh, running things and taking care of stuff and starting thing like this is how I'm going to run an ad agency, <laughs> I was kind of reminded of uh, what's her head from the uh, TV uh, network episode right. where she one. kills. Oh yeah, <laughs> what? Wait, which one? What were you saying, John? I I just thought you were going to be like that woman from TV, which was not really. Yes, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. the, I can't remember the title of it right now. But the one where she kills Lawrence Luckenbill takes make me a perfect murder. Yes, right? where. It's kind of like, well, I assumed I could have run a TV network. Seems like she was kind of <laughs> like that with this. Like, oh, well, the best thing to do is in front of everyone, um, promote my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Above oh, everyone. And announce my thing. A board meeting. And you know what? The most lean-in thing you could ever we're, we're, we're never. We're not going to really uh, concentrate as an advertising agency on advertising our clients. We're going to advertise our advertising agency. It's kind of like, well, I, yeah. Like she no, has, actually, that's, okay. that doesn't sound too bad. That doesn't sound well, bad. Well, maybe, but it seems like just it's... Let's grow bigger. It, yeah, maybe, like but it seems like kind of reactionary. I don't know. Right, based on my viewing of Mad Men. Seems yeah. like they have an accounts department that gets new accounts, so you can pay copy. That's writers. right. She, did, she yeah. suggested getting more clients, clients, and everyone was like, "That is." But absurd. we have plenty of clients. We've got all of. But the we have names. seven. Handle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so hard to know. It's so hard to know because there is nothing indicating the family business in this at all. Like you don't see any sort of actual. Right. Oh, really? You have this? There's like the no sort of like rubbing up against that whole world of the advertising thing, except for that uh, boardroom where there are a couple of pictures in the wall of vaguely media related things, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. It's really wow. interesting, especially for Columbo, because it seems like they usually so get in the office, they get in the business, they get in the world of what 
that's involved in a little bit. Yeah, and he's so naturally curious about it that he just like becomes this enthusiastic tourist who like I'm going to learn to cook. Right, I'm yes. learn everything about classical music today. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and this one, it's like it's just it might as well just be business. Yes. It's just a yeah. vague yeah, it gesture like, towards business. Yeah, in fact, I, I'd seen this before like a while ago, and, and seeing it again, I completely forgotten that was the family business. I assumed like it was. Shipping or commerce, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It just might have well have been that they just kind of, they just picked an industry to slip into the script, and there we go. Yeah, it's advertising. Sure, yeah, fine, whatever. This great line at the beginning where they're describing the Leslie Nielsen character, and they say he's a good attorney and he has a flair for the advertising business. Yes, what? What? It's like saying he's a great doctor and an even better painter. Like I had no idea what what they yeah. did. And by the way, if you have a if you have a coworker who's a good attorney and he's good at your advertising business, why doesn't they want her to marry him? Yeah, and he wants to marry <laughs> shut in sister. Well, no, that's that's what's interesting about this because they built him up. Problem. The family builds him up so much as being like, oh, he's a gold digger. It's just because. But it turns out, like, it, it's even sadder because, you know, he genuinely he, he genuinely loves her. He genuinely does like her, which makes the ending of this yeah. even worse. He's and he liked her. Mind-swilling hobo. <laughs> yes. He's an, he's an attorney who works for their ad firm. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Everything. They all agreed that they loved him. They just hated their daughter. Uh, I wish this yes. exactly. digger would stop trying to <laughs> This woman who we can't get rid of. Maybe that's it. Maybe, well, maybe that's it. They, like, hate, they disliked her so much, they just wanted to completely just torpedo anything. That could I was be actually good. thinking maybe Oscar, maybe they loved him so much that Oscar Goldman took a bullet for him. <laughs> could be. Because it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be somebody. Yeah. Yeah, actually, maybe that is it. Yeah. Well, she did have, she did have, um, and I, I thought this was really, this I thought also maybe stood out. Uh, in Columbo episodes, in terms of their kind of like dipping in and out of uh, stylistic choices, the, there's there's a couple ones that there's a couple things about this that made us want to talk about it. Mostly, we just love her. Like we think her journey is <laughs> so odd. It's so strange. It's so beautiful. But there's there's two she really plays it really well, and yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's flirty and she's fun. Yeah, she immediately goes from being the most unconfident person in the world, someone who's completely convinced that Leslie Nielsen could not love her, right. to the most confident, deranged well, I mean, person you will ever see. To be honest, if any of us got a murder under our belt, we'd be just walking around the town, it's ordering true. up sports. Pink shit of Gold Mountain. I mean, we would definitely be doing like, oh, I got away with a murder. Oh, and she- if it's a brother, if it's some fratricide, even better. <laughs> she when she uh five minutes after she's acquitted for murder yes. has a bunch of hair appointments. <laughs> yes. Right. Had a, and that's like a fancy salon, so she had to make that in advance. Yeah. And yeah, that's that a is the fanciest salon. That, oh yeah, the car, the car, because Columbo brings that up too. Right. That she's planned all this stuff and bought all this stuff in advance, knowing like, well, by a certain date, I'm going <laughs> to be feeling a lot better about it. <laughs> Because of some reason, in the afternoon instead of one thirty in the yeah. afternoon, because I might go to jail for murder. <laughs> well, actually, oh, wait. actually, wait, wait, wait oh, we got to talk about this real quick. This is one of the few times we see Columbo in a courtroom. Oh, I know. Yeah, the, the, the you never see an inquest on Columbo like this. It was really yeah. strange. Where the case is pretty much closed, awesome. and yeah. he's still he's going still after here. it, which is. I thought that was peculiar. 
Yeah. He's illegal. He's breaking into her house. Yeah, no, yeah. And it's not a thing, and it's an odd thing where he's not blaming his amorphous sort of like, oh, my captain, my superiors, I gotta stay on this, because they say, it's always him saying, he says it a million times this episode, where he's like, oh, I got this thing where I gotta tie up all the loose ends. Like, he really, really hit that home, where it's just him, and that's the only reason he's sticking with it and sticking with it and sticking with it. It's only him in this one. There's the there's the scene where he comes up to the uh, the board meeting afterwards. Yes, and it's which like is strange. he had to get past two front desks and take yep. an elevator. Yeah, <laughs> like, did he come in through a duct? Yes, <laughs> maybe. By the way, before we get too far away from the inquest, uh, uh, guest appearance by oh uh, yes, Wallace. that's right. Sorry, yeah. guest appearance by who? Marsha Wallace. Yes. Oh, she's the um the woman who's the uh, astrology lady. Astrology. Yes. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. The woman at the inquest who's very interested in astrology and watching people be convicted. Yes, exactly. I have a feeling that she doesn't work for anybody. No. No. <laughs> well, it's like it's a neighborhood character. <laughs> what is it? I think it's like years ago. I read about uh, John Waters. That's something he said he liked to do was to go to uh, murder trials. Wow! Just oh, go and good. just go and sit in murder trials. Just watch them. So, Marsha Wallace, her character in this, and John Waters, there you have go. something in common. It's something and, to do. Something and if to we do look on it a up, probably astrology. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly into astrology. <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of the inquest, uh, let's let's talk about the actual murder itself for a bit because this is one of the few times uh, where you see a very planned out murder just completely go off the rails. <laughs> and especially after you see the murderer's fantasy of how it could go perfectly. <laughs> so as an audience member, you're thinking like, oh, okay, well, she took the, uh, she's a little pilled up, so she's doing all this. She's got everything's kind of hazy. Yeah. It's all, it's all, <laughs> her nighttime chocolates. It's all yeah. hazy from like a 50s TV sitcom dream effect. Right, it's like, it's like what Bewitched has a dream Yes, sequence. exactly. But then you find out, like, no, that didn't actually happen, and now we're in the middle of the thing, and she's, it's, she forgot a bunch of stuff, and now she's got to improvise, and it's mm. horrible. I mean, that was, I thought that was, that was actually a really great uh, way to do that, to put the murder yeah, out there. It was very alarming. Yeah. There seems to be the two biggest departures from what I've come to think of as the formula, is that number one, she, uh, she or, well, really number two, she, she gets acquitted. You know, so Columbo is just like, even for him, he's out of bounds in terms yeah. of pursuing this. But the first thing is that it's usually the fun of watching this well-oiled machine with one fatal flaw in it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, she just bungles it from jump Yes, through. it's so crazy! She barely gets away with it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was... has that crazy dream sequence. Where, so you yeah. see it, so you sort of see it twice. You see her idea of how it would play out. And it's not really like it's not really necessary to the episode. Like we've seen enough no. of before and after that they could have just played it as though it worked, right. and they decided right. to throw a monkey wrench in, or, or just you to know, show that she's got this weird little fantasy world where she's so happy imagining. <laughs> That's the thing that stood out to me. Start is when... to end. Oh, but she's so happy, so happy. when she gets to point like, oh, it must have been accident. There's burglars. Like, yes, I thought it was a burglar. Ah. And she's so happy about. It. She's smiling. She's in a great mood until it's, it's, it just. This is ugh. a terrible accident. Oh, it's and so if terrible. I'm not mistaken, oh. 
in her fantasy, she hears Columbo say that she's innocent before she meets Columbo. Oh, I thought it was uh, just what like the one the one detective was with her on the couch, which also, I mean, that'd be weird no matter which cop it is. Yeah, no matter who it is, it's the voice of that cop. So it's like, what the? Yeah. But none of this, as strange as this is, none of it is really weirder than just her bedtime ritual of putting on her her Victorian, like her Dracula era. (laughs) (laughs) A giant box of chocolates, revolver. The giant comical security system switch for the entire house. Then, which <laughs> yeah, the remote for TV stare. from forty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I like that she she uh, her bedside accoutrement is a terrified haunted doll of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also is mimicking the action of putting bonbons in her mouth while she excitedly waits for a murder to happen. Yeah, so strange. They, I just does anybody on Colombo own a television? That one lady. <laughs> that one lady did. The one the elderly, did. Yeah, yeah, the elderly maid who hates him. She had a television. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> these people need to. That's do. right. Well, I have to say, this is the only episode where I've kind of wanted the murderer to get away with it. Yeah, you do. I, kind I feel of like, like her family's terrible. They were all awful. Well, her family. Uh, yeah. There's two things that made me really sympathize with her, and one was that you know they did not let any of the family not be hideous, but also that when she made the transition, every time she got a little looser and a little more liberal with her personality, she seemed to be having so much damn fun. Oh yeah, no. Like by the time she got the convertible, I was like, I just want to hang out with this lady. I want to go have a drink. She seems fun. <laughs> I was I was really with her up through two things, which is, uh, and this is I, I guess she did it worse later. But when the, when she's trying on dresses and she just shoots Leslie Nielsen down for his sense of concern, right? Because he's and then, he's got he's got a reason concern. Like yeah, you've been kind of weird lately. Anything yeah, going on? Because I'm worried about you. She's like, and it doesn't even have to be like accusing that. her of murder. It's like no. you know, your brother. Because <laughs> he you doesn't should like, be taking this badly. There are there are degrees. Um, yeah. from shot, being concerned to you must have murdered somebody there, there's some there's some yeah. radiation in there well, she did whatever whether she murdered him or not she shot him that's the thing everybody agrees on well yeah that, <laughs> okay, actually, that, yeah. Might, that might still fuck you up a little bit yeah possibly and then later when she threatens to fire the dude at the board meeting i'm like ooh, too far well, and also yeah. another thing I uh, was a little too far uh, at the end of the episode where she is, uh, comes in a hair's breadth of trying to murder Columbo. Maybe that's another one, too. That was later. Where kind of loser. Yeah. It kind of loses me when she's going to murder Columbo. I can't believe that doesn't happen every other episode. Just, <laughs> Nobody ever tries to kill him, do they? I mean, no, uh, Shatner, Shatner did. Yeah. Shatner yeah. tried to kill him. Uh, Shatner did. The woman from uh, um, uh, Make Me a Perfect Murder... Certainly seemed to be trying. Oh, yeah, she definitely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But given that it's not impossible that you'll just come home and he'll be asleep in your armchair, it's weird that you more. Like, his whole, his whole strategy is just to badger you. Yeah. And it's weird that everybody doesn't try to kill him. Do you feel, oh, this is actually, since we, we briefly mentioned the ending, and I do want to talk about the bizarre what must be symbolic shot of her clutching the gun to her heart, but was just shot down the front of her dress. Uh, do you think at the end when she like traipses off to the, to the dressing room to go change, she seems so happy. Do you think that's because she lost her mind I or think, because yeah. she's just really, you know, Oh, I had my fun. I think uh, she, cause it seems like uh, throughout the thing, they definitely do employ, imply that there are some circuits, not, 
firing entirely well. So yeah. I think towards the end there, I think that's kind of what that is. She's a no. little like, oh, okay. Yeah. But Columbo also tells her that she's a classy lady. And I think that mm -hmm. probably means a lot because everybody else has treated her like she's a little girl. This is the first time that she's yeah, treated maybe. like a woman. Yeah, you're, besides, you're too classy a woman. Yeah, you're exactly. shooting a police detective in the same place where you <laughs> shot your brother a week before. I, I don't know about you, but that's how I, that's how I define class. Yes. Yeah, I took it yeah. the same way. I felt like it was in that so, in the same way that so many episodes have that sort of like, you know, uh, professional courtesy that all the murderers will have for Columbo. Right. Uh, I, I took that to be the sort of like feminized version of that where oh, okay. he, he sees her as an equal. And like Jennifer was mm. saying earlier, like hmm. he really is the only person – applauding her having any kind of agency. That's mm -hmm. no. Oh, yeah, Leslie yeah. Nielsen does not like it at all. Leslie Nielsen wants her to go back to being like kind of this helpless does little he, girl. I thought about that. Does he want that? Or is he just because over the course of like two or three days after she has murdered her, killed her brother, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, he's just, it's a little, little jarring and a little like she's acting completely different. I don't know if he wants her to go back to that, but it seems like for him, it's more of just kind of like, stuff's kind of weird here. Like, it's a yeah, little bit unsettling. This really 1970s man moment where she's, like, come out in her sassy new dress and she's clearly feeling happy about it. And he says, you know, I don't know if I like this new you. Like, she's buying the dress with her own money. Just let her go out and buy her crazy <laughs> clothing. She's having a great time. But I, I think with that, though, it, I think with that, though, it's what, uh, I can't remember if it was Don... Uh, John or Daniel brought that up earlier, where it's a little weird that she's having such a great time after having killed yeah. someone days oh, before. I think yeah. that might be what yeah. is kind of seems a little bit off and strange. Best case scenario, there's some kind of PTSD. Yeah, yeah. that's definite. Yeah. Um, well, but also, she has really been under her family's control for her whole life. This might be legitimately the first time she's gotten to go shopping by herself. Right. right. Oh, really? She does have yeah. to live in a mansion with her with her with brother. her overbearing brother. Yeah. Yeah. I only know two other. I've only ever met two other families where uh, an adult brother and sister lived alone together in a house, and they were both hoarders who screamed obscenities at each other all day. <laughs> so. I do like to think that was happening somewhere. That like the the one room we saw that had one doll was it was attached to a room that had four hundred dolls. <laughs> it all looked like it, and there was like a bonbon room just stacked to the ceiling with and, bonbons. And there, there's about there's about three giant ballrooms in that estate just filled with old newspapers. I was hoping he to be brings home with... every night. He That's brings right, home the evening edition every <laughs> night. Just yeah. packed with a bunch of like, yellow because it has the racetrack results in it. A detail that. <laughs> A detail that perhaps a wealthy aristocrat would overlook. <laughs> yeah, but a, a man of the people like Columbo knows that the evening edition has the racetrack <laughs> results in it. But, you know, you one of the things that makes me love Columbo so much is that Columbo just seems to really like women. In a show where most women either just fall in love with murderers oh, or end up yes. being killed, yeah. Columbo seems to respect his wife so much. Like, yes. he does the cooking because his wife isn't interested in that, and mm -hmm. his wife is taking an accounting course, so sometimes she can't come to his work events. That's her and she works for a penny newspaper and solves murders. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, Which no, is canon, I... and that's in the Stop book. it, John. Stop it. Let it go. Let it real. go, Morris. Morris, let it go. He's real. He's real. John, stop. He is canon, right? Yeah. 
Ah, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> NBC well, we, even said it wasn't canon. They said that they, uh, we're not going to get into that. I can't wait to get to uh, Falk's part of the biography where he talks about that because I'm dying. Oh, really? He does in the book? I, oh. I assume he must. He's he's in the middle of a ton of Colum- or he's in, I'm in the middle of reading a bunch of Columbo stories from his biography, so I'm assuming he gets to Mrs. Columbo. I hope he does. But we uh, so I, I wanted to use this as a segue actually, since we're talking about you know reacting to women and and about her getting shot down by Leslie Nielsen when she tries to buy a sassy top. What what is this episode trying to say about feminism? Because it seemed to me like it was it was if you give women an inch, they'll become murderers and ruin a company. <laughs> it, it, but she's well, so much more likable, right? Like we yeah, can she all was. agree that we would rather hang out with her post murder than pre murder. I would what say there's an there's a definite period I would rather hang out with her, and it's from about the salon to just before the board meeting. Yeah, it's right when she gets her hair cut and she's in new. And she's just yeah, she's having a great time. Yeah, once the strawberry shortcake hat, hat goes out, on, she's mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she's kind. Of, I always I thought throwing I was light she, bulbs, making bad choices <laughs> for the business. I thought she was. Yeah. I thought she was dressed like uh, Dirk Dastardly from the Wacky Races. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's a, it's a def, it's a combination between him and uh, Penelope Pitstop. It's, it's oh, that's right. It's sort of a combination of the two because she she had the Penelope Pitstop hat, but then kind of like the weird cape and coat of how the hell do I remember that? I didn't even like that stuff. Oh, it's still there in my head. Ugh. So if Columbia, if Columbo is sort of our point of view character, like if he's like the even keeled every man, uh, I feel like his final verdict is that he would really he he would really like her if she wasn't a murderer. Yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah. true. And if, if she had been able to exactly the situation, if she had been able to come to this maybe on her own without having to you know plug a guy. <laughs> If she'd only just winged her brother, yes, it would have been much. <laughs> sent pre- a message. Preferable. Sent a message to the fellow, like, "Hey, don't mess with me. You'll get yeah. more of this." Yeah. Oh, he, he yeah. us to uh, this is the when like the how Stella got her groove back episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most positive depiction of murder, certainly in Colombo, maybe in. Maybe Culture. in anything like since <laughs> in, in the entire dream. Well, no, because the the Ruth Gordon episode, it's not an entirely a negative depiction of it because she's doing it presumably to avenge yeah. uh, someone she loved deeply. That the guy she assumes and probably did, uh, you know, Natalie Wooder. Um, so it's a thing where like that. That's another one where Columbo feels a little bit bad about like yeah well i gotta so do this sad. even though you did this and so i can't understand why you did it but you can't go around killing people he has a job to do yep. yes so a, yeah, yeah. The thing. he's got a job to do mm-hmm. well he's Matt, so we... disappointed well, he doesn't really have a job at this point that's the that weird thing about this episode <laughs> yeah in this that's... one he is actively missing work he should not be there <laughs> You think there's like a really rich guy who murdered someone and he is just like laughing because there's Oh yeah, no that guy's right oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, last week Columbo is still <laughs> Columbo is doing extracurricular <laughs> Columbo's if on I were, a step if, ladder somewhere yeah. looking at a clean light <laughs> Right. If I were if I were a rich dude and I wanted to murder someone in LA that week of the week of December fifteenth, nineteen seventy one. That's the time to do it. To oh do for it. sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, actually, That's uh, like also they're going to murder trials and just sitting there watching because they're trying to figure out if Columbo is still busy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, another weird thing with the Columbo in this one too is that he plays the. F- I mean, 
in other episodes he does it from time to time, depending on the person he's talking to. But he plays the the sort of mock who me thing so much in this one. Like every single person he talks to, like, oh, I don't know, I'm just trying to do this. I'm just this guy. But well, remember, like it's the this the is the a time. first season, first season episode, right? But he's so they're still, still establishing that. I guess so, but still, like the first ones before this, they had kind of attenuated that a little bit better than this one. He's doing that all the time, but I don't know. But I'm wondering if, it, if they're doing it a lot in this one because of the fact that he is kind of not off the clock exactly. But this whole thing where he knows he's not really entirely supposed to be yeah, he has to going kind of after it so aggressively. He has a more serious position yeah. in this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, that he does have to sort of be more bashful than usual because he himself should probably be arrested for what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm just projecting this, but I always feel like there's a correlation between how... Uh, rope-a-dope he is mm-hmm. and um, how sure he is that he's got it. Like, I think when he gets it from the first clue and he's just waiting on the proof to fall into his lap, he skips, he's less combative. I think he skip, skips a few steps ahead to just being being the doofus. Oh, good, because yeah. Because he, he knows already and all right. he has to do is hang out. I think there's ones where he doesn't quite have it as quickly and in those, I feel like he's like fishing for it a little more, oh. and like trying to sound smart and like like pitching stuff to the killer. Whereas this and one, I, he knows pretty much from the get go. Like, okay, it like, seems like the only thing he's wondering about is whether or not Leslie Nielsen was in on it, right? And whether or not they planned this together. And once he figures that out, then he's just he's hanging out for the rest of the episode, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but no, he knows he can trust him because they get a hamburger together. Yep. Yes, which I I love Leslie Nielsen's character's attitude towards Columbo, this bemused thing throughout the entire episode. Like his attitude, I love it. I love the interaction between them. And I actually wrote down, like, I would love to see a TV show where it's just uh, Columbo and Leslie Nielsen uh, getting burgers at drive-in joints around Los Angeles. He's playing an attorney so he could have a show. Yeah, see, there you go. That's another one. That would have been a great. That's another (laughs) spinoff. Yes. Hamilton, Hamilton at law. Well, there's not uh, there's not a lot of room for. Usually, there's there's Columbo, and then there's the killer, and then there's a bunch of sort of bystanders. And Leslie Nielsen is sort of like a player mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. actually he can like tip it, yeah. which uh, is uh, not not as not as universal in the show. Um, and, uh, I think, I think he's got to be a little smarter and a little more engaged and, you know, mm-hmm. have, kind of like, you're a, he's too smart to not know why Columbo is always right. <laughs> right. So then Columbo's got to get, yeah. So then Columbo's got to get to the point where he just convinces this attorney beyond a reasonable doubt. Your, uh, girlfriend slash fiance. Yeah. She, this was premeditated. Mm-hmm. And then and once he does, that's when it falls apart. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He just has to like just that's the crux of it. It's just yep. winning him over because he has to get Leslie Nielsen to trust his own memory over his fiance, and he has to do it in a very seventies odd bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, that's just perhaps in a Red store. Lobster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would genuinely like to know where both the bar and the hamburger stand were. I, I tried looking them up with no luck. Well, I guess a uh, bar, that bar looked like it was a soundstage set, but the hamburger stand, I would like, yeah, that might be a place that's 
I, I would I would hope it's I'm sure it's not still there, but I would hope it's still there in some form, somehow. In spirit, anyway. Yes, at least in spirit. The ghosts of those hamburgers. <laughs> the, ghosts, still... the ghosts of those trays that were being driven off. Still running around, like, the. Uh, if you drive past there at, like, three at night on Halloween, then uh, clerks come out and try to get the tray off your yes. car. Which, I mean, that, that was a nice Columbo thing, uh, where yep. she's, the waitress specifically tells him, like, you don't drive off the tray, and of course he does. Right. In his terrible car. Uh, another great thing I loved, um, so uh, Jesse Royce Landis, the mother, she comes up to the house, and because he looks like Columbo, assumes he's with the help, because mm-hmm. he's just so shabbily dressed, sure. I guess. And then uh, he, she says, oh, I'll pay the cab. And he does, he pays the cab. Which <laughs> is right. such he's a nice so, thing. I don't think he's, such a, he's such a nudnik, too. Yes. such a nudge about getting the money back. He That's brings the luggage in, right. and he pays, the, he pays the cab, and he brings the luggage in. That's where the oh. 50 tip, ma'am, and I am not taking a check. Yeah. <laughs> you are paying me right now. Oh, what was the, was the cab driver? The cab driver even kind of makes a bit of a crack about the thing. Like, oh, it's like sixteen fifty. got 17 I guess you have to keep it all. And, like, the cab driver kind of makes some remark about, like, oh, here, Prince, you know, about, like, a 50-cent tip. Great. <laughs> He has a lot of he has a lot of incidentals with the 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 working man in this one. He's yeah, like which there's like a class out like yeah with the uh, the servants the, the house yeah. yeah the house servants. I don't know how I given that uh, she appears to have two servants, both of them maybe like African American people in their thirties. I don't know how Columbo shows up in a raincoat and tie, and she just is so used to being rich. I, yeah. She fully expects that any human on her property is here to carry well, her. Well, she's property. got her house down in Palm Springs, and her house in Palm Springs, oh, it's, all, right. it's, all guys, it's all guys in raincoats. Yeah, raincoats and bad shoes. The butler, the chauffeur, it's all guys in bad raincoats and shoes. That's right. Is that, that sounds more like a fetish. Yeah, well, kind of is. Actually, it's a thing all around Palm Springs. You find a lot of that down there with the help. You don't want to go on that Craigslist. If you've ever read uh, Jack Benny's biography, there's like a whole chapter on that in there. It's 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 weird, but I want to I want to get off on a tangent. Well, the mom also brings in uh, my favorite uh, supporting mm-hmm. character in this episode, uh, Enrico the dog. Oh right! <laughs> oh god! Who is who is decidedly not a him. monkey? <laughs> right. Right. Columbo briefly accuses the dog of being a monkey. And this woman is having none of it. <laughs> well, he's not. <laughs> well, I never. Columbo is finally wrong about an accusation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then he politely explains that he was joking. Right, yeah. yes. He's in case there was confusion. He's so charmingly deferential. It's one of the best things about Columbo. There's no obvious arrogance. There's an implied arrogance. Right. But, but this one, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of being deferential in this one, though, too. Yeah. Anytime, yeah. It's, it's someone uh, for a second accuse him like, "Oh, were you investigating this?" He accused like, "Oh no, never. I just trying to tie up loose it." Like he's so like throwing the hands up, shaking his head, like, "No, no, 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 no. You got me all wrong. I'm just trying to solve a murder. I'm not trying to solve a murder." Yeah. Right. What does he? What does he think tying up loose ends means? When you are a homicide detective, right, exactly on a closed investigation, <laughs> it's mostly important what other I people think, think so. All of 
the people in Colombo, they must assume this is how innocent people behave, right? I think it would be very logical, even as an innocent person, to say, I don't want the detective that was investigating me hanging around my house ever now that this murder case is closed. When she, I, when he walks her out to the grass outside her window, it's the most puzzling scene because she clearly should have just walked right into the house. Yes, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Ta, well, Lieutenant. She couldn't, uh, she couldn't twirl that yellow flower and make flirty faces. This is like Columbo, yeah. And laugh at his, laugh at his little asides. Oh, you've got shoes that are filled with grass. Whatever. <laughs> she does. She does make these kind of inconsistent attempts at getting out of things by flirting with him. She never really seems committed to that tactic. No. She kind of, she kind of bobs in and out of it. Yeah, she, she's not uh, uh, doing it like. Um, oh God. Blanking on. We just talked about this one. Nineties um, one. Yes. What? No. Which? Which? Oh, the mean we talked about it in the episode. Yes. Yeah. We just did the nineties one with. Um, oh my God! Why can't I remember her name? It's uh, Chinatown. Um, oh, uh, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, she's not Faye Dunaway. Um, she's just kind of doing like, oh, this is kind of fun for a moment, and he's yeah. crazy. He's going to go away. He's just a funny little man. It's like, no. Do you think there's? Do you think there's a chance she like doesn't really know any other human beings except for the servants, oh, yes. her brother? It might be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yes. Yeah. I think also Columbo is <laughs> this person who seems to like her as her new liberated self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she probably wants she to hang really out. Doesn't really know how to flirt bit. yet. Like she's she's experimenting, <laughs> just, right. just figuring it out. Yeah. Like, she somehow thinks denying somebody uh, an accusation of murder is flirting. Yeah. Yes. Marriage <laughs> via birthday. I really, I love it when she proposes to her boyfriend while running a board. Oh table. my god, that was the, yeah. The look on Nielsen's face is delightful. <laughs> yes. His eyes dart around. <laughs> It's like, I am promoting you to the second highest position of the company, and also, uh, we're getting married. Like, you oh, marry me now! This, this doesn't look weird at all. No one's going to think this is untoward. Of course not. This is done all the time. At the very least, it smacks of nepotism. And also, oh, well, it's crazy! Yes! <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think she went as far as you can go. She leaned in all the way. Well, no, she just has no idea how people interact and do things in life because she was, yeah, just completely shielded from her. Like you just said about her not really interacting with many people outside of the servants, her family, Leslie Nielsen. She doesn't know how this stuff really works with human beings. If she had not... No, okay, I'm I'm never going to propose to to Daniel, frankly, while running a board meeting. I oh. assume. You know, I'll, I'll edit out the part where it said way. running but a horse. But it would be kind of cool if I did. Yeah, I hope um, that didn't break I, your heart, Daniel. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a power move. No, it's okay. It's just my, my childhood dreams are dashed. It's, <laughs> no, it's no big deal. I want to get proposed to at a board meeting, and I want to get married to the stock exchange. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to wear a, a smart blazer. And then get married at the stock <laughs> On paper, if I read about a lady doing that, I would think that was really uh, cool. The way, the way you got to do it, you got to get one of like uh, one of those uh, domed stock ticker things from like the 1930s. <laughs> and they're like, oh, right. here's the things. And all of a sudden, like, will you marry me? Oh, what? Sudden. Amazing. Why, thank you. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> and then it just keeps ticking, and then he jumps out the window like it's 1920. Yeah, because now you find out that uh, you're worthless now. 
Oh, IBM. Because, like, no, there had been a horrible stock crash after uh, that. It was just a very <laughs> bad day. Bad timing. Speaking of which, uh, what do you think that ad Speaking agency... Speaking of which, for that? Sorry. <laughs> if yes, that, ad, that agency would have been like if she hadn't been arrested. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, down the line. We were talking about how they... Yeah. To just really want to maintain the status quo. Why do they want to maintain the status quo? Well, so if because the they're doing the- well, well, yeah, maybe. Why not? Because they're a successful client. ad agency, What's possibly. But where? What is the? There's a clear power vacuum. She called the meeting. Like yeah. she's at the head of the table. Well, yeah, there's a power vacuum. The guy who runs the place was murdered two days before. So everybody's <laughs> like, well. Uh, Someone else with the last name of the folks who've run this for the last 50 years, I, I guess we should show up, maybe. I, I, I guess I'm not going to ignore that memo. It's just waved away as this is a family business. There's an elderly woman <laughs> who not a fruit live stand. in that city. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, a corporation. It's a, it's a company. That... And again, <laughs> if you're one of the clients, if you're one of the clients at agency, you got to be a little nervous. Yeah, how do they keep all of their clients when the president was was shot dead? So, I, I don't know because that. th- that's a skittish industry. Yeah, I would, in the background I of the if you look in the back room of the conference, a uh, background of the conference room, there's like framed paintings of uh, pushpins. Yes, and like, all, like very like, office vague <laughs> general things. <laughs> well, here's here's what we use to make the ads and the other parts of the building. You're not going to see in this episode. I. Listen, Beth, I've been American this... push pit. <laughs> they might be conservative enough to just not want to change horses midstream. Miss Chadwick, we've been in this business a long time, and I'll tell you, push pins are eternal. <laughs> they sell themselves. My great grandfather, <laughs> Jonathan Pushpin. When, when, when Pushpin comes to shove, we like to stay the course. Well, we're not going to change horses made pushpin stream. That's the that's the exact copywriting that got you this gig. Yeah. You're not bailing now. Accidental shooting or no accidental shooting. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, again, this ad corp in the future and imagining, like, the Macintosh 1984 ad was all about pushpins. <laughs> just do it was about pushpins. Every great advertising scheme in history is just pushpins. I'd like to buy the world a pushpin and teach them all to sing. See, I think, I think if she hadn't gone, if she hadn't uh, gone to the Huskow, she would have like gone on this weird obsessive thing where their entire business would have just been in advertising their agency and that's it, nothing else. I don't think she was they had they cancel they cancel all of their other No, but I would have gone down that road. They cancel all of their like it would have gotten a bit successful. Like, well that's it, we're just advertising ourselves from now on. <laughs> Nobody else. You... It's just us. But what are we going to No no, it's us. <laughs> and somehow it would have worked and it'd been insane. They're like, well, I don't understand how they're doing it. It's me. We're doing a campaign about my kicky new hat. I got the New York advertising annual for uh, 1978 today. There's just like this is blank white page ad with just the name of that a- with just the uh, name of their agency in the middle. That's it. The Chadwick. Chadwick and Draper firm. I don't know what the hell that is. They didn't even yeah, do anything. Just being angry at cigarettes and like wearing hats. <laughs> oh, I would actually Throwing light bulbs. I- As a serious show, I actually kind of would like to see that. It's an insane ad agency. Yeah, no, just this like completely like woman who murders her brother, gets away with it, becomes increasingly unhinged, celebrating herself, and runs an ad agency in the seventies that just advertises itself. I I bet. I bet there is, and everyone's too scared. To say anything you are so hooked cause... on them advertising themselves. That's what ad agencies do, RJ. Not all the time, no. You don't Not do it all, all the time, time but... but come on. 
So I think you just described Mad Men meets Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and over at AMC right now, it's just cash register noises. It is. Oh, and I'm not seeing <laughs> a dime. Uh, get Brian Cranston into a large. Piece I, will, I will. I uh, will try. I know some people. I'll try to see if I get in there. We can get the uh, the after. The after crazy ad agency madman thing. Yeah, oh, where we discuss every show. episode. Yeah, yeah, talking. Yeah. This talking is, that's what you have. That's show. what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. no one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, you guys, but no one wants to listen to this. And no one wants to pay to listen to this. So yes. This is our pitch meeting, and we're coming out of this with an idea, hell or high water. <laughs> That's right, we have and to. One of us is going to propose to somebody. Here. We have to, or this thing's, <laughs> we have to, or this thing's going down the tubes. This thing's, this thing's, uh, it's hemorrhaging money. This thing's it's going down by the end of this year. That concludes this meeting, and on a happier note, Leslie Nielsen will be marrying me whether he likes it or not. <laughs> John, I've got an idea for our December uh, holiday episode. I... It's our marriage, our wedding, <laughs> our I, wonderful I thought, little thought, Columbo wedding. I thought a tense silence would be the sufficient answer for that. Yeah, and that's that's what the uh, the reaction from our listeners will be. Well, you guys uh, can always just uh, live in a mansion together and eat breakfast every morning as though you are estranged husband and wife. <laughs> I've got a row house, John, in Philadelphia. You didn't, you didn't talk Come on over. The bit where she's holding the newspaper in her in front of her face. Yes. The incredibly phony, I'm not paying attention to you way. Yeah. Which uh, was tremendous because that's such a little kid thing to do. Oh, yeah. A little kid thing to do. Or perhaps it's a thing to do when maybe you're referencing uh, you're the director and you're referencing somebody else you used to work same. with. Yes. I just thought well, of that. You, yeah. Do you want to go throw that one out there so we get that? Because uh, Norman Lloyd, Norman, the, the, the great uh, Norman Lloyd directed this thing. Uh, who, of course, yeah, yeah, I know him as uh, Dr. Ashlander from um, Say uh, Elsewhere. But also, he, back in the old, old days, he was with um, um, John Hauschman, um, Orson Welles, all that stuff. Maybe, maybe that was a thing. I don't know. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah. I, it would have been neat to watch the camera spin around that table a few times. Yeah, it would be, yes. I you go like, older. F- f- like uh, you have to go like uh, 20 years into their uh, relationship together before you actually get to the episode. <laughs> Might have been a little tedious. I don't know. The only, um, the only like uh, real like directing based stylistic note that I that I wrote down was um, I'm trying to remember. It's sort of it's sort of mid transformation, but at one point there's a commercial break and they just freeze frame on her smiling for half of a second. Oh yeah, it goes a little long. I noticed that it's too. It's just yeah. a tiny a bit long, and yeah. it almost looks like. It, I mean, I would have to know more about television production in the early 70s, but it almost looks like something that was done out of necessity because ah. it's such a strange moment that's not not really – like it is unsettling. Like it is effective if that was the mm-hmm. intention, but it's it's so subtle that it's hard for me to tell what they're trying to invoke with it. But I mean the fact that you only wrote down one thing – I mean uh, Norman Lloyd's a great actor and everything else, but there wasn't really a lot uh, visually aside from – like I'd say that, and the the, uh, the, the fantasy murder scene, yeah. hallucination scene, that was that kind of exciting or interesting or. I liked I liked the the final shots. I liked the confrontation in her bedroom and then Columbo standing out on the window ledge. Yeah, that was neat. But that like was like well, like, well the last one we talked about, Death Lends a Hand. I mean, that one is like just chock yeah, full, super just really weird, interesting seventies filmmaking stuff. This one did not 
have as much of that. Falk no. was not super available for this episode because of a, a conflict with the studio. Oh, okay. With the network. Uh, in fact, he walked off the set. Oh, dear. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'll tell the story as short as I can. Uh, they had promised him that uh, they were going to film six episodes and he could direct one. This is the fifth episode they filmed. They didn't have him on the slate to direct the sixth. He And so he just walked off set. Oh. But because we know Peter Falk is a really decent guy, what he did before he walked off set is he went to absolutely everybody he worked with, including Clark and Norman Lloyd and the the crew, and explained to them, this isn't about you. I really appreciate the work you do. I think you're great, but I'm having trouble with the studio, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk. Oh, jeez. And he oh, walked and they, uh, and they and they capitulated. And he did that several times during the course of Columbo, actually. Inter- God, that's weird. Yeah. And yet, and, uh, uh, and yet, and yet he, he apparently didn't do it in the 90s once when he really should Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also very little padding in this one. Cause, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Show yeah. But no, they had hired, they hired as, uh, according to the book Columbo File, a, uh, a well-known midget. To, As opposed to an obscure midget. To play, yeah, that's, I, I'm hoping Billy Barty, because I'm a big Billy Barty fan. But they hired, <laughs> they hired him to wear the overcoat, and then he would just, they just had him facing away from the camera. He's not that short, though. No, no, I know, I know. And none of those shots were used. Oh, good. But hold on, there's a, there's a, a line, because Levinson and Link were, uh, here we go, here we go. Uh, Levinson says, when Peter came back, I told him we had problems while you were gone. We had to close down. When Peter asked why, he said the midget wants to direct. (laughs) 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 My apologies for early 1970s language there. But, yeah, it's a cute little You shouldn't say direct. Yes, it's... uh... (laughs) Could that have been some kind of weird power play that, like... It's going to get back to him that we replaced him with a literal little <laughs> That's person. That's what it seems like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. Like kind of an insulting just, weird deal. Yeah, like you could just get a PA who's 5'4 or whatever. And yet, and, I imagine, and yet I imagine if that is, I just imagine he and Ben Gazzara just someplace getting really drunk and just laughing at it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> eh, those assholes! <laughs> yeah, that is probably the only appropriate reaction. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's incredible. Yeah, that's so bizarre. <laughs> it I, is. I yeah. gotta read that book. Yeah, or more of it. Yes, I want to read that book too. What is that book? It's called The Columbo File. It's by. Give me a second, though. John might have it more handy. I, that was I, that was the song I just wrote. That it was pretty good. You are you're very talented, and Thank if this uh, podcast thing ever falls through, it already you know, has. Um, it's called singing. The Columbo File, a case book by uh, an author named. Mark, Mark DeWidziak. DeWidziak, yes. It Mark Bois de Ba de Bang de Bang. There you go. Yeah, Mark DeWidziak. Somewhere he, he checks his uh, Amazon rankings. It's going to go up once super, a year. Super incrementally. Like 300% because somebody bought two of them. <laughs> right. He's just scratching his head trying it's to like, figure wow. out. What happened? <laughs> I'm sad to say Did I don't Peter think Falk it die is. again? <laughs> If if it is on Amazon, I will link it. I had to get mine on eBay, so. Oh, I think it might be. I think oh, I saw it on there. Yeah. It'd be great if it is. I'll link it on the site so we can get on some traffic because it's an invaluable book. Uh, getting towards the end, I'm looking at uh, my notes. Oh, one thing I wrote down. Uh, the fact. Okay, you mentioned uh, the dog Hector was his name. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I said in. I thought Enrique. It was Enrique. 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 Yes. Um, but yeah, the fact that uh, Columbo, when he shows up to the board meeting, 
Um, he's got dog biscuits, and he says he's been carrying them around for a week. <laughs> so, Colombo, I love that. That's a wonderful character thing. Just in case he happens to run into this tiny dog, dog again, again over the course of seven days, been carrying dog biscuits around in his jacket pocket. I oh, love do you, that. Do you think he was, like, saving them for that dog in specific? Cause, and then other dogs were, like, you know, obviously would smell the biscuits and try to get them. And he's like, I'm saving these. Maybe. I think for, so, yes. For... Just in case I happen to run into the mean, rich old dowager again. <laughs> this, was the first, this was the first episode where I saw Columbo interact with a dog. And uh, the dog hated him. And I thought, oh, that's an interest for, for somebody who's so innately likable. That's such an interesting character quirk that maybe animals don't like him. Mm-hmm. Well, I and think that, that would be one just an offbeat thing to commit it's to. Only, it's I thought that one hates poor just, people. It's a wealthy dog. It's a family. I thought the oh. dog was just a member of their family and their whole family is yeah. terrible. terrible. Oh, that's a better thing. That's what we don't know is that... that... <laughs> That, makes that sense. dog, that dog shot its own dog brother in yes. order to be liberated. And it had it had a dog Columbo on its ass for a while until it got out of the dog inquest. Right, it gave it gave its uh, brother a case of the mange on purpose. <laughs> a case of the mange. Yep. Wow. I got, I got the I got the kind of Dom DeLuise laugh there. Like, ah! <laughs> Like, yeah, that's great. just that's that's just my heart failing. But... <laughs> what? No, John. No, we still need to get married next month. <laughs> <laughs> and we we also have to. Are we wrapping up? Because I actually haven't I thought think... of what I'm, gonna, I'm not going to. I don't know what I'm going to rate this one on. Yet. Oh, okay. Well, no. Yeah, I was going to wrap this up. Uh, so yeah, we'll go around. We'll go to you last. Uh, to everybody, uh, overall, what they thought of this one compared to other Columbos they have seen. Uh, Jennifer, uh, compared to other Columbos, uh, how, how would you put this one up there? I love this episode just because in most Columbo episodes, a woman, you know, she dies or she falls in love with a murderer. So it was nice to see a woman who seemed to, for at least 20 minutes of the episode, have a really good time. <laughs> yes. Uh, Daniel, you, sir. Uh, I also love this one. I feel like it um, plays with the formula without uh, breaking uh, anything uh, that uh, I love about uh, Columbo as, as relaxing comfort food. Uh, and there's a scene where he has to apologize for calling a dog a monkey. Yes! <laughs> yes, exactly. This is oh, wonderful. Apology. Um, uh, I thought... I'll give you more time. No, no good. John. Um, I like this one. I lo- it's not one of my favorites, but I liked it a lot. I, I think, yeah, the, the messing with the formula thing was really, really interesting. Like, it didn't ruin it, like some of the like, uh, later ones did. But yeah, I mean, you see some odd stuff in here you don't see in other Columbo episodes. And yeah, I thought that was like the first season still trying to figure out what to do, what not to do. And yeah, it was, I, I liked it. Yeah. And so, John, what would I, you rate this one? I, I have no accolades to give it because I think you guys hit all the salient points. So I'm just going to say nine out of ten uh, strawberry shortcake hats. There we go. All right, sure. Yeah. I thought you might go with yellow light bulbs. Oh, that's good that, too. Oh, it's a possibility because that light bulb was alarming to me because it just looked like it was dipped in paint. <laughs> yes. It didn't look like any light. It didn't look like a real light bulb. I'm, I mean, I'm ancient. I'm about. I'm going to be 73 this year, <laughs> and I don't remember light bulbs ever looking like that. And I was around when they invented electricity. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, yeah, those the, the carbon filament deals. 
They uh, got that. Uh, they got those uh, firehouses and stuff. Yeah, yeah still. But no, I think strawberry shortcake hats is absolutely the most appropriate one for this episode. Nothing Very really strange. pops on the screen. Like, like that crazy hat that she wears to a board meeting. That's why that's early seventies. Yeah. Early seventies for a dark. It would be the dark, perfect terrible thing, time. Perfect thing to wear if your brother had been running Hanna Barbera Studios. I blame Nick. <laughs> I blame Nixon. Nixon is why those hats were fashionable. Because he popularized maybe, them. Maybe they, maybe they weren't even fashionable. Maybe she just got that assuming that because she has had no contact with the outside world and just went to some went to those fancy clothing shops and they're like, oh yeah, sure, these hats are great. They got like a whole closet full of hats they haven't been able to sell since like 1967. <laughs> if you think like, she keeps no, like... No, these are great. These are very... Uh, now, like, uh, have you seen a fashion magazine in the last 13 years? No, why? Oh yeah, no, you really want these. Uh, they're uh, like six, eight, eight hundred dollars. I mean, I've just committed a, a Shakespearean murder, and I'm pulling a power coup. <laughs> Do you have any hats that look browns? Allow yeah, me to call er, Ernesto. Ernesto. Uh, I like to think that like she would continue to dress weirder and weirder, and by yes. like week three of running the company, she'd be in a Brazilian carnival outfit. <laughs> no, she'd be she'd be like in this, just in a room filled with like a pudding. And no one could come in and talk to her. She would only communicate through these weird, like, uh, memos written in some shorthand she had devised herself. No, Shoved out through this tube that the dog, the tiny dog, had to, like, uh, pick up in its jaws and then run to a courier. I disagree. then goes to the basement, and then it's taken from a vacuum tube up to the main uh, administrative offices. Settle in, folks. I'm sure this isn't Jennifer, what what is she what is she eating at the beginning when she goes to bed? Chocolate. And Dairy. what is she doing at the end when she goes to bed? Drinking scotch. Because she's she's overcome her childlike love for sweets. Yep. Now she's a sophisticated lady. She's a sophisticated now growing she... woman now in Columbo. Oh no, she's a classy. That. She's a classy woman. <laughs> yeah. She's too classy a woman That's to eat chocolates. No, this Peg Bundy crap for her. No, no, no. Scotch. Scotch all the way. Peg Bundy crap. <laughs> Probably, uh, probably Doors. Maybe Doors. What, what scotch do you think she was drinking? Cuddy Sark. She probably, I don't know. Well, she's rich, but then also, how do you get rich? By not spending all of your money. So you probably was Cuddy Sark. Pay for the cab. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You save the money. That's how you do it. <laughs> so it was probably Cuddy Sark she was drinking. What was what was the no, what were the ads they used to run on the back of Playboy that always have a? Oh, that was for vodka. They they would have like an artist and uh, an actor, someone talk about their the vodka they were drinking. Well, they always had like the the doers profile ads too. Is that, that what I'm like thinking the of? The 80s, maybe that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, uh, I, I have one just because Jerry Orbach was the one doing it. I, well, so, no, I mean yeah, yeah I, everybody they used to buy, uh, they used to get yeah, read Playboy for the doers ads. That's right, whatever. That's, that's a cliche. Thing. Yes, I yes. only what? read Playboy for the pictures of Jerry Orbach. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do now that they're no longer carrying doers ads and? Photos of Jerry Orbach. And no, Florida. no, they actually. I think they brand. still. I think they still run that. In fact, I think because now they're not running uh, the nude photos in the magazine anymore. No, it's all Doers profiles. And, no, it's <laughs> all no. Just be a Doers profile. No, no, it's all Jerry Orbach photos. <laughs> Nothing but that's uh, the Playboy's new. Brown <laughs> paper bag behind the counter. That's the new brand. They're calling it Jerry Jerry Orbach boy now. Yes, I just uh, I just did. Anyhow. I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but yes. I just did a search for we most should. popular whiskey, nineteen seventy one. And all it's showing me, good lord! All it's showing me is uh, a novelty decanter of a Scotsman lifting his kilt. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to assume that's what she was drinking. Yes. A little bit of Scottish kilt lifter. It'll look great next to the creepy. The creepy baby doll. Exactly. They'll be friends. Is the creepy baby doll gone in the last scene? 
I hope so. Yeah, I didn't notice. All right, we got to go back and watch it. I watched you, you, you do that. I think it might still be there. Eh. Let's all watch it together. Come on, guys. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, folks, uh, for being on the program. Uh, let's let's do the plugging bit. Uh, Jennifer, uh, tell the people a little bit about the people a little bit about your book and where they can find it. Oh, my book's called It Ended Badly, 13 of the Worst Breakups in History. So it goes from Nero to Norman Mailer. There are about 20 oh, pages on each. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, oh, no. oh, hopefully, hopefully it'll oh, put no. your own breakup in perspective. Wow. It was not as bad as any of these. So you can feel a little bit better if you have had a bad relationship or if you're in a good relationship, you can read it and feel really smug. And <laughs> you can find it on Amazon or... At your local bookstore. There and you if go. you're somebody who likes crazy murder schemes, uh, there are a couple of those. There, oh, there are a lot of those, yeah. And do, you, do you have any, do you have any uh, author events, any things coming up, any uh, personal oh, appearances, signings? Um, um, oh, I'm so sorry. They were all in the past two weeks. But, you know, uh, they, what good they, are they, you? Catches on, then. All right. Oh, actually, yes. actually, uh, yes, I think I get to say this for the first time on this. Um, oh. I get to go on a show called Watch What Happens Live on oh. Bravo to bartend on December 7th. December so 7th. This will oh. be up yeah. before. This will be up before then. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. That's okay. Awesome. Right. And uh, Daniel, uh, where should folks uh, be watching or looking or reading to see what you're working on these days? I am a writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Wait, what? Oh, sorry, I accidentally said this name. <laughs> that stuff I said at the beginning of the show, I was making that up. I didn't know you actually did that. Hey, you were, you were making Jesus that up. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Uh, wow. I, I'm sorry. I, Have I, you got I, The Shining? How did you know I'm that? I'm a genius. I, I, just, I, was just, I just wrote that. I thought I was on a bus this afternoon. Christ. Oh, All right, well, okay. great. Well, Glad that worked out. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was doing a bit. Jeez, oh, I can't believe I thought it. We were, I thought we were playing coy about... about... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't play coy. <laughs> uh, no, I am, in fact, a writer on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, which is on uh, CBS at 11.35 Eastern Time. After your Oh, little... Letterman's not on anymore? When did that happen? No, something... I, I Weird. Think, uh, I think he's in the Senate now. Good, something good for happened. him. Good for America. Something yeah, happened, seriously. so yeah, Gosh, we kind of slid into that void. No, that I, 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 I love that. It's a very good show. I like it a great deal. If you like any jokes in particular, they're all Daniels. Sure. <laughs> there you go. The ones he wrote. Sure. I saw, I saw a segment of you as the, uh, the arrogant vegan with the Guinness and everything. That was... Yes. Or he has the photo up there. Yeah, that was that was, that that was, was, uh, that was I get to be in a, on an over-the-shoulder graphic as the, the the vegan who took fish bladder out of Guinness. There you yep. go. Good work. I made us a steak to celebrate. That's nice. <laughs> and uh, I uh, do uh, book and comic writing as well, so you can uh, probably just follow me on Kibblesmith. On Twitter is the best way to keep track of anything that I'm up to. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely link uh, to both of your Twitter accounts and whatnot on the site. Um, what else? Uh, John, what do you got? Anything going up? Uh, soon going on uh i don't i did just finish uh the manuscript for my second book a follow-up uh, to the uh no never mind it's uh it won't be announced for about another uh four or five months but yeah it's all finished and uh that's when i feel relaxed and i feel comfortable and that's what's important for me good good work um <laughs> i had a guy in this week uh fixing my furnace all right well that's the show for this time <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for being on this. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at JMT Podcast. Uh, also, 
uh, as it so happens, on Tumblr, where John posts some really, really great uh, screenshots from the episodes we talk about and some further thoughts. That's jmtpodcast.tumblr.com. If you want to listen to other episodes of this podcast, uh, you can find us on iTunes in the TV and film section, or go to jomtpodcast.com. And then also, please, if you got the comments, questions, we love getting comments. We get some nice uh, feedback from folks. Uh, you can write to us at... Oh, what is the address? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you, can, you can't write to us. You can't Colombo. write to us. Sorry. Just Colombo at Gmail, I'm pretty Colombo sure. Colombo at gmail.com. Gee, I, it's not even complicated. And I said no, it's, it's not anyway. Colombo at gmail.com, is it? No, no. Colombo at thecitydesk.net. <laughs> oh, that was a coup. How did we get that? <laughs> no. I should email that. I should email that sometime and see who has that. Colombo. Yeah, probably. I paid a fuck from the grave. What? Yeah, that'd be crazy. Gmail. Anyway. Oh, my God. That's program for this time around. Uh, I'm RJ White. I'm John Lawrence. <laughs> and and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Listen, just one more thing. All right, let me see. I've got, uh, I think I've got everything ready. The alarm is on. Uh, I've got my bonbons. I've got my gun. The bed is turned down. I have the creepy doll with her finger in her mouth. And I'm wearing my most beautiful Laura Ingalls Wilder nightie. Any second now, RJ's going to knock at that door and I can kill him and be free and blossom into the person I've always known I can be. I'm going to buy a car and a nice hat. <laughs> but first, let me just take these TV drug pills. Ah, now I'm having a TV drug experience. Oh, uh, hello. Hey, hey, John, John, it's RJ. Uh, what, what you said you wanted me to stop by? Like, uh, I didn't didn't have my keys though, and the light bulb's out at front. Uh, what's? What, uh, that's, come a, in? that's okay. Just uh, just come on in. I, the, the the door's unlocked. Come All on right, in. Let me to, uh, oh, I'm having. Is this is this is this door no, locked? No, yeah, just, yeah, no, just come on in. It's unlocked. It's unlocked. No, I, it's not. It's not working though. I can't get the door. It sticks. Open. It sticks. Stalkerson. When it's okay. cold and it's wet, it sticks. Just hold open on. the door. Uh, just open the door. Yeah, this isn't working, man. I hold on. No, no, just t- try lifting. Try lifting is it. it. Is it locked? I, is no, it no, it's or? unlocked. Just lift it. Well, the lift latch it. looks like it might be. Well, let me try the latch. No, the latch. Latch is fine. I don't know what's going on here. No, just lift it and push. I, I, lift I, I, it and I'm push, lifting. and then I'm li- turn. I'm lifting. Hold on, I'm lifting. I'm lifting. Lift, I right, just, push. This isn't lifting and then push. You have to lift and push. One motion. Hold on. I, one mo- this is not working, man. This is. Oh no! Come on. I, wait, what? What is that? What the hell? Oh, uh, I think that's oh, the cat. God, I'm God, sorry. God, God, it's just a kitty. Kitty, get out of the room. Maybe, maybe let's just go. Maybe they all. No, 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 no. No, oh, no I'm gonna. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll Skype you next Wednesday. Oh, I guess I'm gonna take more of these TV drug pills. Mm-hmm.